There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon once again, as we are every Monday morning, 52 weeks of the year, for very nearly 10 years. Thank you for your support, whether you're listening today for the first time or you've been with us the whole 10 years. Uh, I'm Tim with JB. Hello, Tim. Barefooted and only fans ready. That's right. And Bare, barefooted and flying low. It is. It's a hell of a look <laughs> with his legs that? akimbo like that. You, you don't, uh, that's, I'm very comfortable. <laughs> he doesn't feel the need to use those middle three buttons on his no, fly. No, same, same time. <laughs> uh, right. You all right, gents? Hungover. Yeah. Yeah, been, been better. So hungover. <laughs> We've got lots to talk about on this podcast. Um when you look at the rugby, we had one of the greatest rugby matches of all time. And also there was a game happening in Dublin. Yes, that is absolutely right, Tim. That's absolutely right. Because an Egg Chasers 15 took to the field and, well, JB, you represented. Phil, you supported. I did. And I followed from afar. <laughs> and many fine, upstanding vets did battle by the current and historic rules of the game of rugby yeah, union. And everyone was safe and all got concussed that we know of. Not not because of the rugby anyway. Maybe we can't speak for <laughs> yeah, yeah, what exactly. happened in the bar afterwards and in, uh, in in the fine city of Birmingham as well. God damn it was heavy yesterday. Lots of stories to be told there. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe the worst story, the worst offence of them all came from one of the egg chasers. Uh, what? More yeah. on that. I, I don't I don't believe that. More yeah. on that soon. Horrendous behaviour. More on that. <laughs> maybe we should soon. save that for a Patreon pod. Or maybe, or maybe we'll just tell it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right. Well so we'll get into that shortly. Uh but come on, there's only one place to begin. We we've had the We've had one of the uh, I, I jested about the greatest game of all time. We had one of the greatest rugby games, club rugby games we've ever seen. Yep. At the Aviva Stadium in Dublin, the biggest comeback by any side ever in a Champions Cup final and La Rochelle retaining their title. I was, I was about to say against the odds. I mean, it was against the odds. I mean, they're an incredible team, so it wasn't a, a total surprise. But after 11 minutes, mm. I mean, you'd have got... Ve- I mean, did you put a bet on? I, do you know, I was so close to a half time, but I was just too drunk. <laughs> I was just... I, it did... This is ex- that's exactly the sort of time that I would bet to. So I still thought La Rochelle were winning it, um, even when they were down by three tries. Um, do you want me to tell you why I thought that or shall we talk about things more broadly because I'm with you Tim this is one of the greatest games of all time and I think it's going to be remembered as one of the last great games of rugby that's that's what I think mm. so, interesting so the, why, the reason I've come to this conclusion is doesn't it just demonstrate the power of the French League and also simultaneously show how Dire, everything else is. So, La Rochelle, where are they in the, in, in the French League? Top four? Top first? two. Top two, something like that? Yeah. Pretty good, right? Currently seconds, two points behind Toulouse. Yeah, basically getting it done. Now, in order to stop that, that team, the only other club team which was remotely capable, because we've seen La Rochelle destroy Saracens, Gloucester, um, I keep thinking they, they, they played Exeter, but they didn't. Ulster. They, Ulster uh, came close. They did come close away, yeah. and they got a beat. They got mm. a beating. Yeah, at, quote unquote home. Yeah, which was the Aviva Stadium. So, in order to even come close to La Rochelle, 
it has required the efforts of an entire union. It's, Leinster aren't even a club. They're a union, right? They are IRFU-backed. Well, they're 11, or is it 12, 12 counties and one province? So I'll, I'll just... I'll, I don't yeah. upset, don't upset any passionate Leinstermen. Yeah. It's taken every single trick in the book to get Leinster to the standard that they are. Leinster could be the best ever club signed on paper, and they still can't beat... beat beat La Rochelle. But to get that club side together, it means that Leinster are not playing half their good players. Even in semi-finals of the of the of the Pro 14 or sorry, sorry of the URC. So, you know, you've got the premiership which is declining, you've got the top fourteen which is running away with it, and it's doing so to such an extent the only way that you can compete with it is to run a team like Leinster with all of your internationals, all of them rested, and destroying your own domestic league in the process because you're not competing in that so in a few years time I think we'll look look back and go that was the high watermark for rugby because we're just about seeing the embers of what the premiership was what the URC is and the French League will just be completely dominant well I think we did say last week that the judgement on would it be hubris or a necessary preparation on Leinster their approach to the URC semi-final and it looks like hubris. What I would also say is, it, it, I, I certainly agree with your judgment when you com, when you look at it in context to the Premiership, and we'll definitely talk about that later on the pod. But Leinster was so close to victory, and then we'd be having a very very different conversation. I don't think I would actually. I mean, I would just say, well, they are this, they are as good as they are, and they've only won one Heineken Cup in twelve years or eleven years. 11, yeah, right. 11. So I think I'd be saying that. I think they need to have much more silverware I think they're losers that's what I think I think they're absolute losers um, they have bottled it right? <laughs> they, they 100% have bottled it they have bottled it last year this year there's also like wise I deem like a lack of pride in the jersey there was a scoreline this year like 70 odd points to I don't know 6 something, when Leinster went away to South Africa like who does that to your jersey? It's, it's the Leinster jersey. This is going to be like, you know, if you pull on the Real Madrid shirt or the Barcelona shirt or you know the Man City shirt or any shirt of any sporting giants, it means something. This sounds very hot takey. I've got to say, yeah. no, no, <laughs> very, they, very they hot takey. Throwing away games. Uh, this just sounds like well, cl- it's completely cl- like consistent. Clickbait what, what, podcasting. Uh, what what <laughs> is a hot take? It's the most annoying thing ever. All right, it's, okay. It's so a hot take something which someone right, has thought let, of. Let me change it. For hours and hours and hours. It sounds like hours. you're being deliberately controversial to, get a, to get a rise. They're absolute losers. <laughs> <laughs> they're meant to be winning. The whole ethos, right, is winning stuff. Yeah, and, and so... And, and they're not. And so I'm saying, we're, that's why I say we're having a different conversation now because Andrew Porter said in the week when he was asked about the disappointment of the URC semi-final, he said, uh, with the greatest of respect... Um, People, we don't count the number of URC titles on our jersey. That's it's, pathetic. It's all about the. That's pathetic. Well, okay, it's uh, pathetic. That's your opinion, but no, it, it, it is pathetic, right? Uh, because that URC league, right? Mate, you, nothing else. What is this? Like, what have you got? Some vendetta? Is it? Why is it flipped and moved on to Leinster that you have got a vendetta with? Because, because, you, because the behaviour is pathetic. I've never seen anyone celebrate. Um, a loss like you see, you saw JB celebrate I Leinster's think, loss I mean, yesterday. The lack of respect that they showed their domestic league last week. They deserve every, everything that they get. Every, everything. So Wait, well, you weren't saying that when Saracens put out uh, a weak team. Saracens didn't put out a weak team against to play, London Irish. What to play a semi final? Oh, no, no, no. Um, no, not to play a semi final. It was um, yeah, a semi final. I mean, like, you know, the South Africa one was. Like the South Africa result for Leinster was kind of understandable. That would fit into sort of the category of Saracen sending a weakened team teams on the Irish, without doubt. I still don't like it. I still don't like sending weakened teams. A Leinster semi final. A Leinster allowed to not care about the URC. No, I I I think that is. I I actually really don't like that. The not caring about the URC. I really don't like that at all. And I and I, I said as much um, last week, mm. and it, it does feel like. Um, Andrew Porter was uh, trying to justify, which of course you would Monday, do. Monday morning quarterbacking. Yeah, tr- trying to justify the decisions that had obviously gone wrong. This this weekend, I think, I think you are being particularly harsh, JB. I think this is. It was. I, I said last week. I thought it was going to be a, a coin toss. In my head, 
previously Leinster were slight favourites, but last week's loss actually pushed La Rochelle to slight favourites. Mm. That is precisely how it played out. It was a one-point loss. Mm. Um, but it's the manner of the loss, and it's the manner of um, going 17-0 up at home, and it, it is at home, it's their, it is their home ground in front of a pack, packed... Um, Fan fan base of their own boys, um, with a few well-travelled uh, La Rochelle fans, but to then lose it in the way they did, and they they didn't lose it by getting beaten up. They actually lost it in a, a more surprising way, which was poor game management and f- repeated failures to exit effectively and getting James Lowe had a fifteen bad game. twenty yards from kicks that. Um, that should have cleared 50 yards yep. and took a load of pressure off them and allowing that pressure to build from La Rochelle. Is it too simplistic to say Johnny Sexton plays, nope. Leinster win? Le- Leinster do not win if, win if Johnny Sexton plays. I think that's too simplistic. They might they might have done because it was a yeah. total coin toss no, game. So I actually think that Leinster could have lost by more. So the way I see this game going is that Jakub Piper got the officiating on the breakdown completely wrong. Also, when you watch Leinster play, I mean... I've just called them a bunch of losers, right? That said, their physicality was absolutely world-class for 30 minutes. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite so brutal. But do, you know, do you know what coincided with the physicality dropping? Go on. James Ryan going off. Yes, maybe. Because yeah, he put in a... He, totally agree. He put in a few but awesome I would shots. also say this. Did you see how hard they were working? I mean, sometimes you... See t- teams wander up to breakdowns and they you know spread out or they leave the breakdown alone. They concentrate on a, um, on other things. Leinster were regularly throwing in three three players fighting, scrapping. I mean, it's like the um, Rob Baxter theory of how you tire tire out players. You get them on their chest and then you make them stand up. Right, that is exactly the way you do it. The other way is to compete at every single breakdown. So they were doing great. I mean, they, what they were doing around the La Rochelle breakdown was working. And it's a way to beat up La Rochelle, which La Rochelle we were not expecting one bit. So you're looking 30 minutes and you think, yeah, Leinster are absolutely bat- um, absolutely battering this supposedly physical team. But you couldn't do it forever. I mean, it was mm. so much effort. And yeah, James Ryan went off, but I don't think you can play like that for over 30 minutes. I don't think no. you can play like that for 40 minutes. And that's, that's maybe um, something that Leinster perhaps overlooked of La Rochelle. Because mm. La Rochelle, they are a massive team. They're also a fit team. And they they change their boys yeah. around. They've got they've got mm. some deep options on the bench. Just going to what you said about uh, Leinster managing the game, I couldn't help but map Ireland France onto this. And, yeah, and the second half, as we said, I, I was exactly the same. Yeah, Ireland couldn't. Um, so Leinster slash mm. Ireland couldn't maintain that level of physicality they showed in the first half across eighty minutes. But what they did in the second half in the Six Nations is just make France have to run from 70, 80 metres, whereas on this occasion, like you say, miss kicks from Jameson Gibson Park, from James Lowe, from uh, Ross Byrne, and they were having to go from 25, 30 yards. Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, interestingly, the second half of the Ireland-France game, Sexton had gone off and it was Ross Byrne Correct. who was controlling the game. And that's so why it, it, it's such a tight game that one-point games can go either way. But it, it doesn't. I don't think Sexton materially changes. Yeah, oh, I, I think Piper. If Jakub Piper referees the breakdown in the first half, like in the second half. I think Larish will run away with it. That said, that said, I thought some of the Leinster an analysis on how to break down Larishell for their first two tries, at least, must well it either would coincide with with. Analysis, or it was very, 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 very fortunate. But if it was analysis which picked them apart, it was remarkably good. Did you see Ronan O'Gara's post-match no. interview? So I criticised BT Sports' uh, post-match interview of um, Ronan O'Gara last week. I thought this week was excellent. It was Sarah- I'm sure they probably listened to you, and as a result, I, would, <laughs> I, I think so. That's, that's what I like to think. Yeah. It was Sarah Elgin, um, and she just. Ask simple questions and let him talk, and because he's he's quite slow, he, he's very considered about what he says. Um, he said that he was expecting a line-out trick play, but he wasn't. Obviously, <laughs> expecting line-out trick play is great, but you can't stop everything. So he got he still got burnt with a line-out trick play, but he said he wasn't expecting it after forty seconds <laughs> into <laughs> yeah. the game. Um, Six seconds, our boys switch on. 
and he spoke about the what he said at half time and he he didn't he was quite respectful in the way that he phrased it but basically he called Leinster at half time chokers they were 8 points up last year in the final yep and lost they were nine points up at that time, but had been seventeen points. And he, he kind of he said it in a very um, respectful way. He's like, just told us, we just told a story. Used that hook, that narrative for the boys, and gave them some uh, some fire in their I, bellies. And you know what? He's absolutely and right. It worked it because, worked. as I've said about Leinster, how many times now they don't know adversity, so they, they've assembled this amazing team. But there's no one's. I mean, like URC. Yeah, maybe it's not important to them because they have all the bloody players. Like, who are they? Who are they going to play? But you can't. You can't say that they're an or basically an international team, and then withdraw the experience of Ireland when it suits you. I don't understand what you're saying. So, as in that they do face ex- adversity as an international team. Yeah, it's an interesting one, that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, the answer is I don't know. Because do almost, almost that full squad yeah. were playing against France when they smashed them in the Six Nations. Yeah. Although, it has to be said, only eight of that, uh, as you've pointed out, is, um, was one five years ago and only one title in 11 years. Only eight of the team yesterday had won the Champions Cup before. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. Well, it's been so long. It's been so long, yeah. Five, five years. Five years. Does this make La Rochelle? Would you say they're European royalty now? Because you don't retain a European Cup easily. Back-to-back no. is... Back-to-back is... Hardly royalty. ever been done. Leicester have done it. Wasps have done it. Toulon. Back-to-back-to-back. Uh, to uh, Toulon. Saracens. Did, Len- did Leinster do it in Saracens? Leinster did it in 11-12. And did Toulouse do it back in the 90s? Have a quick look. I have I have actually got the... Um, but yeah, so no, it's, it's, so... Leicester did it 2000-2001. Toulouse haven't done it. Munster have Munster have done 2006 and 2008. Leinster did do it 11-12. Toulon did it three times. Saracens have done it. And now... That's a pretty special yeah, list yeah, yeah. of teams. Yeah. yeah. And, this and that's, it's three finals as well for La Rochelle. They kind of did... It's a bit of the Saracens where they, they got close, no cigar, and came back stronger. Here's one thought with Ronan Agara. Is there not something very Munster about La Rochelle? Interesting. About Maybe. the dog, the, the, the fight. Totally, yeah. the, the fight, the, yeah. uh, the, that mentality, just dogged mentality, never beaten. And also, home is a fortress. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there's... So, I, the thing, I, I wasn't thinking, this, I'm thinking that at all, really, about La Rochelle. When I was reflecting on them earlier today, I was reflecting about what a unique team that they are. Mm. So... Would they have won this? I mean, you talk about Johnny Sexton being the difference. Was was Skells in the difference? I mean, if he doesn't play, I don't think they win any European Cups. I I think he might be one of the most valuable players in rugby. Yeah. Not not least because if you just right, list boys as big as him, who are also athletic, there is a Three handful. Yeah, yeah. PSTD or P, PSDT. He's not as big though. He's not as big. No, it's you're talking like well, Weenie Antonio is, and he's in the same team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But just just as big. And so second rows who are that big, you've got that Miafu guy from uh, Toulouse. Toulouse, who is going to play for France. Paul Valencia, but yeah, he's some, he's not quite as big. Some people would say Brian Allo is Allo. Allo yeah, Allo Yeah, sorry, Allo Noisy. Yes, I've actually met him. He's enormous, but he's not. He's not as good as Skelton. He's just not as good. But as But you, you, there are one or two blokes who can be have the kind of engine, the size, the physicality. The, he must be one of the most valuable players in the world because it's such a such an unusual so like, combination of yeah, size so, and I mean, physicality. I, yeah, it's one thing being unusual and being unique, and it's another thing Bruno Gara coming up with these systems so he can plug in these unique players and get the most. Of, I mean, that's some amazing coaching, actually. So he's got Skelton, who's pretty unique. Antonio, who's pretty unique. I mean, there's not many. Bottiers. Well, Bottier, well, Bottier that, is the, unique, Those yeah. two names you mentioned, because it's easy... Um, well, it's easy... Uh, Aldrich's not bad. No, he's pretty handy. Yeah. So I say it's easy, um, but you can open a checkbook and sign a Will Skelton, right? Well, no, no, you can't. There's only one of them. Well, there's only one, I know <laughs> yeah, there's that. only one of them, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's being paid... Very handsomely. Yes, I imagine so. Because he's such a rare talent, like you say. But I, I just think it's important to point out. Well, a bunch of things that watching, watching the fans watch the game at the port there in La Rochelle, yeah. watching yeah. the celebrations 
the fact it's uh, the identity of the the team is so within the town itself and it's actually quite a small town relative to other French cities it's, it's incredible what they've done but those two names you mentioned Oini Antonio and Lavani Bottier Lavani Bottier was a prison guard yeah did they hmm. not come through level three like third level of yes. French rugby with them yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and, Antonio. and, and Oini Antonio was like a, was he part of a well, there's one is it Oini Antonio one of the big La Rochelle players I can't remember I think it's Antonio was part of a um, like family th- travelling theatre group. What? what? <laughs> I think I've got that right. Well, let us know if, if Tim hasn't got that right. And, let us know. And he was like again, That's Cocker. And again, he was lower down the playing pyramid. And La Rochelle spotted the spotted the talent and, and created. Spotted the was, spotted oh, six foot five yeah. and one hundred and fifty kg. <laughs> I wonder what stood out for them. <laughs> Those genius scouts. I hope I've got that right. Anyway, it's just, it's just a very very special club, and I think it is. Did you see the video? The there's the scenes from today, but did you see the scenes from three thirty this morning? Yeah, what like th- uh, several thousand people met them at the airport at three thirty in the morning. Incredible. Wow, that, that, it's astonishing. Just on the La Rochelle players, I thought, but is it Bedant the six? Uh, Bedant, yeah, this yes is a quality, quality yeah. operator. Yeah. We spoke about Bougarit Bu- Bu- last week. He's a bit quiet actually. I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah, he was him. kept quite quiet. Um, um, I I really like Uge. Mm. Uge Soutini, Soutini, the thirteen, the thirteen. Who I just keep UJ, UJ, UJ. I keep shouting UJ every time he gets the ball. He, he, yeah, he's a. I think he's a point of difference. Well, he's not a point of difference. He's just he, a quality player, isn't he? Yeah, he's a nice foil to what to what Dante does. Yes, so Dante's just running over people for. I mean, that first try was all Dante. Once you're fed up of tackling Skelton and Aldrich and Bulgarit and. All, all the boys and Antonio. Yeah. Then, then Jonathan Dancy runs on your channel. Yeah. What a nightmare. And uh, Bottier and Raymond Rule as well. He's not. <laughs> oh, they're not. Not small boys. Serious players. Right here we go. Um, a weenie, a weenie upbringing was South Auckland. Rather uh, was in South Auckland. Uh, growing up, he had two passions. The first was rugby. Good. The second was acting. Really? Ooh. Yeah. He played everything from... Uh, it, well, his passion as an actor was Shakespeare. No, get out of town. He, wow. He and his brother were part of the Black Friars, a theatre group named after the London home of Shakespeare's company and dedicated to challenging stereotypes around Pacifica people in New Zealand. So he used to perform Macbeth and Romeo and Juliet. Um, it, yeah, he used to go around fair doing play, that. Fair play. It's not what I would have pictured him doing. No. Love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, La Rochelle were in the second tier at the time when they signed him, age 21. How old is he now, then? That must be... That 33. Must be, he's 30, yeah, 33, 33 now. He's been, there, he's been there for 12 years. So, I mean, it. yeah, the the stories of Bottier and Antonio are far more than just uh, getting world-class talent. They've dovetailed it with just brilliant coaching, fantastic setup. Oh, I love it. And w- one of the... Going to the Stade Marcel de Flandre is one of my favourite rugby experiences. It was bonkers. Mm, absolutely bonkers. I'd love to go. It was bonkers. But you but just can't get to La Rochelle. And that, that was for a challenge and, and, semi-final against Gloucester as well. Not, yeah. not, <laughs> not, not one of the big games in the last few years. And you, you can't get tickets even if you do manage to get there. Yeah, uh, sold out for, what, 70-odd games and counting? Yeah, yeah. And it will. that's not going to ease up any time soon, is you it? You just let me know how you think the Premiership are going to solve, uh, solve that puzzle. Yeah, full that. French stadiums regularly filling out what thirty odd thousand seats. Football stadiums, yeah. no CVC deal, increasing TV money. You tell me, how does the well, Premiership well, face I'll, this? I'll tell you what, we'll sort of go good to bad, good to bad. But just to wrap up on this game, are you are you happy? And I don't like talking too much at length about refereeing generally, but are you happy with the decisions Piper made? To be fair, we were watching in the pub. I've not had the uh, chance to rewatch it yet. Uh, I remember there was a few bits around the breakdown that looked a bit unusual, uh, but I thought the cards were all fine. I think yeah, no, nothing stood out to me no. watching it in the pub. Um, Kerbola's card was not fine. I, I think that was, uh, I think that was a bad. That was the first one. So I actually missed that because yeah, so we, we arrived slightly Ola late. Tackles early from a tapping penalty. And but there's cover everywhere, so it's not like he stopped the break. 
he just tackled early. So it's just another penalty in, in my mind. Okay. That yeah. was the first one. I thought his work on the breakdown was pretty shoddy in the first half, and then he tightened it up towards the end. But like Leinster were all over the show. You had um, Van de Fleer, Van, Van de Fleer you know, off his feet, crawling on all fours. The Leinster players were attacking the break, breakdown and then sort of trying to go the other way. So instead of rolling north-south, they were rolling yeah, into scrum yeah. offs. They were coming up the side of rocks. I mean, more power to them. If they can get away if with they it, get away with they it. should be doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought the refereeing around the breakdown was terrible. Is that not a bit odd? Because we talk about consistency. It, it, did, it was noted by the commentators. It was noted by the naked eye. Lots of people have said it. But there was a ve- there was a distinct difference in how Jakob Piper approached the first 40 and the second 40. Yeah. I and, and as a player, that's quite tough, isn't it? Really mm. tough. Well, I wonder if this fracor in the tunnel has anything to do with that. Yeah, what happened? Don't know. What's going on? Don't know, but let's make something up. <laughs> Sean O'Brien... Uh, Ronan Agara, um, who else was? Will it? Skelton. Will Skelton. Now, in my mind, two of those guys shouldn't be in the tunnel. Sean O'Brien and Ronan Agara. No, Ronan Agara can be in the tunnel because he's a coach. So I think I don't think Sexton should be in, should be in the tunnel. Oh, Sexton as well, yes. And um, definitely not Sean O'Brien. Why is he in the tunnel? He should be miles away. From, I mean, if you're in the tunnel and you're not part of the March Day squad and you're not impeccably behaved, you should have some serious. Some serious case to answer. Is Sean O'Brien part of the, the coaching setup? Maybe. Maybe. Um, here we go. Uh, yeah, Johnny Sexton and LaRochelle representatives involved in a serious altercation at half time. Sexton believed to be facing ECPR sanctions. This is ju- this is just me, me reporting what other people are saying. Mm. Um, well, they can just solve this with a like charity MMA event between um, <laughs> O'Gara and Sexton that'll do <laughs> no. I wonder if they get on I bet they don't I mean O'Gara seems like a spiky character he does and also what does I it... really like him yeah I do really well. like him like the more the more I listen to him as well the more I just want to hear him talk about stuff well because he's so interesting he gives such a unique perspective to things I mean things in Ireland are going pretty well except for this small blip mm-hmm. but, you know look if you I guess if you talk in the more wider view of the thing, you could say, would Ireland be happy if they were con- con- continuously getting Le- Leinster into the European Cup finals? They probably might say yes. Even though it's heartbreaking to lose them, they'd probably say yes. Yeah, they'd yeah. probably say they want to win them, but yeah, fine. If we're going to go to finals, we'll, we'll go to finals. And the national team is doing pretty well. So, you know, there's that. So the question then becomes is, what do they want to do about Ronan O'Gara in the long term? Because he must figure in their plans. Mm. Or is he just too... Is he like um, Warren Gatland in, in New Zealand? Like the pro, like the prodigal son. Not even prodigal son, like the black sheep son. <laughs> um, I think he'll be the next island coach, won't he? If they can afford him. That's, but it's, it's, it's all on timing. I think he'll take his time. I, yeah, I, it I've, might, it might not be this one, it might be the next one. He seems very content to... He's winning Heineken Cups. I bet he's yeah. well paid. He, he might be slightly well paid by La Rochelle. Yeah, so La Rochelle will, will be looking after him, particularly if he's winning. I mean, oh, yeah. there's more, I well, think his there's next, more chance. His next deal, whenever, however long his deal was, his next one will be, will be significantly yeah. more because he's so valuable now. Well, I happen to think that the more likely place for him to land would be somewhere like Toulouse. Like, one of these giant French clubs, or a club, which really wants to make progress. He's exactly the kind of guy that they'd come in and try and poach. Mm. Why wouldn't you? So, I actually don't see him with a future in Ireland. I think the future of the game is all in France. But but then, the IRFU, it's their choice, isn't it? They, they can pay whatever... If someone wants to pay him a million pounds, would um, Pat Lamb was reportedly the most expensive coach in the world for eight hundred k or a million, yeah. so something in that region. If someone in France wants to pay him that, there are a few could match that. Well, the problem that we're going to have, right, is at the moment the unions can match the French teams, but only just give it five more years and we're done. <laughs> me, 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 yeah, we're maybe. done because you know. I, I also think Ronan Agar is the kind of guy that money's not going to be his. Disagree. Prime motivated. 100%, 100% disagree. 100% disagree. <laughs> I, think, I think you could be right, because he's probably, he is deliberately, like, he's went and did an assistant job for the mm. Crusaders. That, that wasn't about money, was it? Well, it was ultimately. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Long term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's investing in yourself, and that's slightly different. I mean, once you've done that investment in yourself and you're at the top of your game... Then actually, you pay the mar- you pay the market rate. Ask any of the England two thousand and three World Cup winners uh, how much of a uh, how much money they've made just directly <laughs> from winning a rugby World Cup. That's a good point. But even then, I mean, you know, th- this is my point. My point is that the future of the game is not the in- is not the in- not the international game. It's going to be the French league. Mm. I, I disagree with you. I think the only part of rugby which is doing well in the round. Is the international game and the French league? The French league, those, oh, yeah, those, the fr- yeah, those French, two, the Fr- yeah. The French league, domestically, the French league. Yes, I mean, they're going to get to the stage where it's like having international revenues every single week for every round of games, and that you got this, uh, you six nations, and you got a World Cup, and, and that's it. They won't be able to compete. You know, at some point, it's going to get so massive. Are you already seeing it now with the, you know, now that Willis is sort of. Open the floodgates. More and more England players will go because England can't afford to subsidise the English clubs for their internationals now. Uh, Jack Willis will be making as much interludes now as he would do with Wasps and England combined. So why would he take? Why would he take? take why would he take the risk? So I um, just a slight aside, but relevant to that point, I heard Joe Marler talking on um, some of the grassroots pod. Uh, mm. Joe Marler, Joe Marchant talking about his move to Stade Francais next year. And he got asked the question, like, why, about five times. And he did very well to answer in five different ways. It's it's all about the money, without explicitly saying it's all about the money. <laughs> but it's basically, yeah, salary cap's gone down, French League salary cap hasn't, there's a massive... It, it's just money. <laughs> and he's a seriously talented player. He's mega talented. He's 26. Yeah. He's prime for the next few years. Not only is he seriously talented, he's the kind of guy that'll go to France. I don't think he'll stay at Stade Francais. He's the sort of guy, do you know the way that the top players in France, in France tend to move about a bit? Yeah. yeah. He's going to move. There is well, a lot of movement within France. Yeah. There is. Uh, and eventually, other people will catch up, JB, to where we've been for a while, which is that let French clubs pay English. Uh, seems yeah. there's not a lot of money in English rugby. Let them pay English players and the English national team just needs to also accept they can pick them which I think will happen because they are refusing so much debt they can't afford this agreement they made with premiership clubs Clowns. where they pay a ridiculous amount of money to the premiership clubs to have them for an extra what couple of weeks in the season yeah. it's bonkers and as a result exclude many players from the England squad it's just eventually someone will wake up and start governing the game with a little bit of common sense. It's too late, it's dead. And they'll do the things that we've suggested that they did from the very start. There's going to be no one to play it. <laughs> I mean, you mean like, where, they gonna get, where will they get the players from? They're all going to be playing I, kids' rules. I'll tell you what, because we're, we're just, we're, I think we're just over half an hour now. We've, yeah. we've only talked about the Champions Cup. Uh, let, let's do an off-field pod where we can get really negative and let's, <laughs> and let, and let's, and let's do <laughs> this. Let's keep this about the rugby. Um... And, and really positive and great things because we've got a Premiership final to look forward to, US URC final with Egg Chaser listener Graham Roundtree, who, uh, I, when I see him, when I'm working and, and I see him at a Munster game, he always just, from afar, quite often, um, if I don't get the chance to um, 
uh, or, or outside of the interviews when he's just walking across like the car park and stuff. Let the boys play. <laughs> he, he always gives it one of them. So uh, we've got that to, to talk about. And let's talk about the Egg Chasers Vets team doing battle in the West Midlands. Yeah, well, I didn't... Okay, so for a start, I did not know it is an Egg Chasers Vets team. I didn't know. I thought we were playing for Guanas. What? Yeah, a few of us thought that. I was like, like so who are we playing for, boys? I didn't realise that we were playing... So that was a, that was a oh, nice surprise. Okay. No, okay. it's an Egg Chasers Vets team. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I didn't know that. I, I did not know that. Um, yeah, we had players from all over the show. All over the show. All organised by um, our friend Lee. Yeah. Lee did a great job. Now... Let's talk about Lee. Let's talk about Lee for a small second. Lee is a very unique character. He's one of these characters that only happens in rugby clubs. And this is why rugby clubs are great, because you know, you, it forces you to interact with people based on a shared, uh, a shared interest, right? The more peculiar things Lee does, the more he, he, he ingratiates himself with me. And Friday night was maybe the most peculiar thing a man has ever done. I'm about to go for some beers... On a Friday night at 7.30 with four other lads, and out of nowhere, Lee texts, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming out, but wherever, but wherever we go, it's got to be dog-friendly. He bought his dog on a night out <laughs> in Birmingham <laughs> on a Friday. So, like, mate, I'm not sure what what, you know, what rooftop balls you're expecting to get to get into here. <laughs> Does he not know about your drinking habits? I was like, what on earth? <laughs> So, yeah, he bought his dog out. Uh, and do you know why he bought, bought his dog out? He bought his dog out, right? Because he felt the dog was lonely from not seeing him all day. It wasn't even a real excuse. It was an emotional an emotional thing. And he sat there with his dog. Like, if I had to bring my dog out, I'd be so apologetic. Boys, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is the worst thing that I've ever done. You know, I'll, I'll buy the beers. Jesus. Look, I'll just get... Just sat there completely unapologetic, like it's the most normal thing in the world. But, yeah... Only he could, he could, only he could get 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 away with that, and it actually ingratiated me, ingratiated him more to me. Love it. <laughs> Did you? Uh, so you drank at altitude on the Friday? No, because we had a dog. <laughs> you drank on Friday in Birmingham. Yes, and I drank, had a few beers before the game, a beer at half time, a few beers after the, after the game. Then we had two hours of watching La Rochelle on, with a few beers. <laughs> We then had a court session, which was phenomenally well organised. Yeah, Dave Mack did an amazing job on the court session. With a lot more beers. A lot more beers. Get, get, like, again, just fill in some highlights, because quite often we get people uh, saying when they're doing some sort of stag do or social or rugby club, like, oh, what was that thing you mentioned? And sparking some ideas. So what, what ideas could you spark? Uh, we can't tell, tell you anything about the court session what, what happens in court stays in court I'll stay there, I'll stay there. Well, well done you passed yeah. you passed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice try cocker yeah so we started with about well obviously we played a game of rugby so like 30 lads dwindled to 15 dwindled to you know, 14 12 by the time we got to court session probably on 8 by the time we got no, to the no, town, court, like court session was court session was maybe 12 12, wasn't 12 it? plus 2 I think yeah there's 2 not drinking doing burpees um, for punishments, and then eventually we got to town, and I remember I was one of three left. <laughs> now, can we talk about the most heinous crime? The most heinous crime, yeah, I, I, of the is, evening. I think this is entirely made up. I think this is a fabricated story. So Whatever the, JB is about this to morning, say, so it's not that uh, I thought. It's not that I wasn't there. I, I You've just, actually got away with this I somehow. Want, I want to make a public apology. Um, I, I had no, I. Because BT Sport didn't need me, I booked a holiday to Greece. That's absolutely fine. Which and I got back and I stayed in Marlow, uh, home, uh, with, home the boys. with my boys, home with my boys, Marlow. <laughs> I stayed in Marlow on the Saturday. Got back t- from the airport j- about twenty minutes after the Champions Cup final had begun, so I stayed there. And then I had to come back to Manchester via and here's a sentence I never thought I'd say via a cow barn that I had to check had the, the cows had vacated you, you were evicting cows i'm evicting cows yeah good, good. Uh, yeah so anyway what's so that wasn't heinous but i apologize nonetheless but go on so i phoned phil this morning and i said mate you've got some explaining and like better wouldn't know me what did i do so let's talk about what phil did <laughs> phil and i uh we're at the court session we got an uber back from uh a pub in bourneville over to the city centre. We both got back in the hotel, quick change, uh, out, out again. Phil goes, oh, I'm a bit peckish. 
So I can see Phil's a little bit drunk. He's flagging a bit. I, 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 I buy <laughs> flagging him, a bit is an understatement. I, I buy him a Red Bull, but he's still he's still pretty you know compass mentis. It, it, it's all g- g- going well. Phil, can you remember the um, tapas that, that I bought you? <laughs> uh, not entirely. Why don't you tell uh, Tim what you ordered? <laughs> you told me I ordered octopus. I was about to pies. guess octopus. Yeah, so you ordered octopus, you ordered ribs, and you ordered chicken livers. Mm. Wolf them down. That will that, get you going again. Good yeah. choice. No, you would have thought so, right? Yeah. JB, I'm off to the toilet. Ten minutes later, there's no Phil. I was like, where is he? Is he? Is he fall asleep on the toilet? Like, well, you know, I can't find him. Anyway, disabled toilet's locked. So I'm like, oh, fucking hell. Let's go and get a member of staff. Let's open up the toilet. Not there. Phil has scarpered. So this morning... He's trapdoored it. He's trapdoored it, right? So I've got the meal. I've got the beers to pay for. That's no problem. In the morning, though, I was like, what has happened to Phil? So, Phil, can, can you explain yourself? Doesn't remember the meal. Doesn't remember getting changed. Doesn't remember the taxi, taxi into Birmingham. And then fucking trapdoored... Uh, sorry, trapdoored uh, from the tapas restaurant. Went wonderful. The court session was was bad. It was a heavy court it session. Was, it was heavy. <laughs> yeah, the secret uh. to our court session, right, is we had all of our beers lined up in front of us, so we knew we were going to do X amount. So just start drinking. Regardless of your fines, just start drinking and get through them all, because once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that and was we had a little strategy. Royal Rumble as well. Oh, yes, we played Royal Rumble. You- oh, yes, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, it was, it was excellent. Go on then, because well, we talked about that one before, it's not breaking the uh, rules of the court session, explain the Royal Rumble, because it because so, this sort of thing that's great for a stag do or a yeah, rugby social. Yeah. Everyone goes to the bar, has to buy a drink, can be as nice or as horrible as you want, you put them all on the on a table together, and then the names are pulled out of the hat, first person gets first pick, which happened to be JB. Yes. But you can never be sure, it doesn't. It could look, look like a, well, and this is a this, water, and actually it's... Uh, Gin, vodka. Pint, pint of pint vodka. vodka. Yeah. As soon as you touch it, it's yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that is part of the skill, actually, to to have something that either looks nice but is actually terrible, or looks terrible but is actually not too bad. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's always good fun. Mm. Very good fun. Uh, I have. Uh, I'm not going to reveal my source, but. Um, I've got a question. It says, uh, and I'm, again, I'm not going to say who this is from, but I got a message saying, one for the pod later. Ask JB how his second half performance was at the game <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> uh, unbelievably, I got slightly injured playing rugby. Did you? Yeah, I've got um, a th- a, something wrong with my thigh. So I scored a try. It wasn't great. Um, you scored a lovely try. Uh, there was went, w- went around the fullback. Yeah, and then I... I thought I was in for another, and I gave the worst pass. And at that point, I thought, Do you know what? I have nothing more to give to this game. You know, in general, like you can't you can't throw a pass like that and expect to be respected. So <laughs> off, I, off I went. So yeah, I got a slight thigh injury. You're doing your best, uh, Tommy Bow impression. Yeah, it was dreadful actually. I went round a 80 year old fullback though. You did go round a yeah, maybe maybe f- late fifties, late fifties, whatever he was. Yeah, Pro- right. a proper he, he was so it. glad you went round him. <laughs> <instead of laughs> him. I do get a lot of people letting me go round them. Though. It's, 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 it's good. Uh, it, uh, this source said, uh, "Ask about JB's second half performance," and it says also, um, just one observation: he was at one point topless, running across the pitch, nearly took out one of yeah. our, our guys yes. whilst he was scoring a try. Yeah, so yeah. We were playing underneath <laughs> our own sticks, and they tried to break out. I was like, "Well, I'll just run across the field because my sister had arrived with." Her netball team to, to watch us play. I was like, right, I'm going to say hello to my to my sister and the girls. Went across the pitch, top topless, and also with no boots on. And I can see the play developing. Like they're not going to break. They're not going to break. And then I realise that they're breaking. They're coming my way. And I've got this thigh injury, and I'm in the middle of the field. So I've got to hobble <laughs> off. It's like they can't come this side of the field. Oh God, they're coming this side. So uh, yeah, so I had about five me- five meters until contact was made. Excellent. Thank you very much to that that individual. You know who you are um, for those questions. <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time, and, and uh, I'm sure there's plans already being made by Lee for the next game or get together of yeah. subscription. Well, it can't be in England. Although I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind going to Bournemouth Sevens. Mm. That's one of the things that we might do. Yeah, have a few beers there. Bournemouth sounds fun. It does, doesn't it? it does sound fun. Mm. Uh, right. Um, 
I didn't see it at all. I was in Greece. I didn't see the Challenge Cup final. I watched it. Did you watch it? Yeah, yeah. It It was... um, So, it's really interesting beforehand. Austin Healy made a point that I really agreed with, um, which was then proven wrong. So, both Austin and I are clearly idiots or or not in the know. But he said, this is going to be an interesting battle between the superstars of Toulon, who are superstars as individuals, but not necessarily fit together as a team... Uh, bearing in mind Toulon are in 8th place so they're kind of middle of the road in the top 14 versus not quite the high, the same superstar high end top talent in Glasgow but a really good well organised squad and team and it wasn't both the, Toulon's firepower and the way they played they made Glasgow look like uh, it was men against boys for for 50 minutes of this game it, it was it was game over at half time, um, and Toulon do have some quality stars: Colby, Villiers, bigger. Although he went off in a few minutes in that winger whose name I can't pronounce. Uh, Wainicolo. Yeah, that's the one. And Naya Savelu and Baptiste Saran. Baptiste Saran, who went off um, early as well. He Baptist Saram was quality. Uh, we we, we, be, we got. He, an, oh, sorry, I was just going to say we got one email. Oh no, you say what you're going to say. It's just that Baptist Saram would be in any other time frame the French starting scrum half for the yeah. generation. It's it's quite remarkable actually because yeah. he's such a French scrum half as well. Yeah, he's like very he's good. such a um, <laughs> unique for most other nations, but not for France. He's such a creative, elusive player, and I, he doesn't get a look in. I'm certain he. Captain Bordeaux at age eighteen. Oh, he's such. And I'm a good sure player. he played fullback for them for. Oh, really? Years. Yeah, I seem well, to remember that. But add add to that list. You have got Preso. You have got uh, um, Charles Olivon and the soon to be retired Sergio Parise, who was still class in this. Uh, an email here from uh, Luke Leonce or Leonce or I hope I've said that right. Just Luke, anyway. Thank you for your email. Contact TedChasers at gmail dot com. Great pod, blah, etc. I must ask that when when a front row finally going to be recognised in man of the match performances, or it's always the winger, a full back, or a back row. But Gigashvili was everywhere against Glasgow. He came back on and got another mall turnover. He dominated the scrum. Time, the scrum was dominant yeah, as well. And um, and again, I'm not, that's not to say you, uh, oh, not to say there's anything wrong with it. But I think naturally props probably do get overlooked more than they deserve. And by the sounds of it. According to Luke, anyway, he um, he had a massive part yeah. of the destruction of Props Glasgow. I was going to say, if you want to get man of the match, one of the most consistent places to do it would be hooker. Because you can be Dan Sheen, you can be... Mm. Um, Karen Dickey, Jamie George. Yeah, there's... Lo- there's Bougarit. Yeah, Bougarit is no... Uh, who's the London Irish boy again? Argentine all... Oh, uh, yeah, Augustine Creevy. August, oh, Montoya. I mean, you know, some of the best yeah, players Montoya. on the planet now operating at hooker. It's, um, like, one of the premier positions. Hmm. And because they uh, ride the uh, rolling, rolling mall, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was good to see Parise, um in one of his last games. Mm. Why is he retiring? It looks like he's got ages to go, and he scored thirty nine. Yeah, um, he probably could keep going. Keep going. Keep going. So, you know, one more year. Well, he missed out on selection for the wider Italian squad. Did he? Which yeah. is what he was hoping for. So, Jimmy Gofford has retired this week. Sergio Parise and, you know... Alan Wynne-Jones. Alan Wynne-Jones. Justin Tipperick. Yeah. I wonder what's going on there. Have they you know, retired with immediate effect? Or? Let, let's, let's talk about that on the off-field pod, because yeah. that is an interesting point, one of many talking points. Right. Um, but, yeah, well done, Toulon. And Dan Bigger. Yeah, Dan Bigger, although he only played three minutes. Uh, he's still, still it, got another winner's medal so that was interesting because Bigger goes off then uh, Saran goes off then the 12 goes off and then uh, Villiers goes off so Bastereau came on so he, he was lined up to be a back row um, replacement which is where he's basically been playing but ended up finishing the game in the centres or playing the second half of the game in the centres because Toulon just lost all of their back options um, so we've got a premiership final to uh, preview then yes how do you see this one going it seems like there's quite a bit of buzz from Sail Sharks fans Sail Sharks are excited they're yeah. really excited yeah um, 
and they should be. It's an incredible achievement. I think this is going to be mighty close, you know. I, I'm. I think it's going to be. I said a little while ago, if Sale get through, they've got no chance. I'm. Mm. I'm I think I was wrong about that. They're not. They have got a chance. I, I think Saracens are slight favourites, but yeah. Sale. Sale. When they start manhandling people, which they do frequently, they are really hard to play with. Yeah, so and they've got George Ford as well, who's so key. If we just look at how these encounters have gone in the past, Saracens, when it's really got tasty, Saracens have had the better of Sale. So Sale likes to be really aggressive in your face. But I think Saracens do it just as well, and they're even more niggly. So if you remember the match where Byron McGuigan got red-carded... Mm. Or at least yellow card. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was, was a red card. Was it a red card? Yeah. yeah. Oh, because he threw uh, Tompkins. Tompkins. Tompkins was getting in his face all day long. Lazowski is getting in his face all day long, and they're really, really good at the niggle. I mean, you've got to be careful what you wish for if you're Sale and you want to play that game against Saracens, because you know you could find yourself in an absolute world world of pain, as many many teams have. Now, if the Premiership final degenerates into two teams just wanting to fight each other, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, it so, I'm going to make this into my own personal gripe, I guess. What is the main What is the main point of difference for this Premiership final? What have the authorities been pushing that's so important for this particular Premiership final? Uh, presumably the Sanderson-Saracens link. You would have... Oh, my God. Sanderson Saracens is, is is a great storyline. Uh, the, the two the two premier fly halves, two of the best old, old mates, yeah. Ford and Farrell. Yeah, yep. another great storyline. Anything else that you can think of? Uh, back row battle. Uh, um, ben Earl versus a Curry. Curry's yeah, there's, there's, one curry. I mean, there's also the sheer physicality. You know, there's you know uh, the northern team against these awful Londoners. You know, it goes on and on and on, right? But actually, what Premiership Rugby have decided to focus on is away kits for colourblind fans. And you think, what is wrong with you people? You had all of these things to talk about, and that's the angle which you've been pu- pushing on social media all week. I, I agree with you, and not because I, I, I mean, I don't really care what the kits are, which, you know. I, which I guess is the point. If they've come to the decision that Sale want to play in red and Saracens want to play in white, uh, fine. I mean, it seems a bit odd, but. Fine. <laughs> it does seem a bit odd. But I, I don't really care, but I, I agree. So you Why make, is this the point? I mean, make, just play make, in the kits. Make the decision. Yeah. It doesn't need a big whole publicity PR it's push. Inc- they're idiots. It, it, I, I have to totally agree with you. I've got no issue with the decision, but the level of publicity and PR pushing for this decision is just bizarre. You've got, Isn't you've it? got a cup final. And look at the state of the Premiership. When are... When are people that really know how to sell the game and manage the game and administer the game going to be in the positions to do so? Because it's it's evident that... They make too much money podcasting. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I, I found it really odd. Not that it, they're doing it. I don't care. That it's been pushed as a, a big, yeah, as a big this, na- narrative. Yeah. This is the this is why rugby's special. This is, you know, rugby family, rugby community, rugby families. Shut up! It's about smashing people in the face, <laughs> isn't it? Especially when you've got a load of giant South Africans. It's about absolutely one. burying someone and then rubbing your hand in their face and saying, well done. That's what it's about. You know, it's about Tu and Lange and Ashton. In fact, if anything, if I was going to cut a promo video for this, I would start with Tu and Lange and Ashton. I'd pro- profile every single fight and physical confrontation from the last 10 years. Well, Ashton's and like, Leicester, but... Huh? Ashton's at Leicester. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I'd get the historic footage. Yeah. Oh, right, but was that not when he was at Northampton? Yes. I, so I would be previewing the. I'd be my video that I would do is having every fight <laughs> from every single pre- Premiership final. Okay, right. Gotcha. Leading up to this one, this is what's going to happen. Was that even in a Premiership final? Yeah, it was. It was the. Um, yeah, I'm sure it was. I don't think it was. Well, maybe it's a semi, but it was a big game. Yeah, I don't think it was a final. I think it was but... a semi-final. And yeah. also, I'd have, like, the best try... I think they have done this, actually. So I think the best try ever scored in the Premiership playoffs is... Would anyone like to guess what I'm going to say? Premiership playoffs. X the Chiefs at Saracens when Henry Slade does the kick for the Oh, corner. that is a good that one. That was good. But no, that's not my favourite. Hmm. 
it's not one which is particularly special on its own, but at the time it was amazing. Go on. Tom Wood scoring in, scoring in the oh, corner okay. against oh. Leicester after moving house that day, doing it on his own uh, <laughs> after hiring a van. What a hero! What a hero! So I'd be you know those are things that we need to be seeing like the history of the Premiership, what it means to the players that have played, the fights, the physicality, the, the brutality, all of that stuff. Now, hopefully, this final is going to be a lot harder for Sale than the previous one was, because when they previously went to the final, it was over in about f- five minutes. I think this one's going to go all, all the way yeah, to the wire. And I think I think Saracens will, will, will get it, actually. Mm. I think, but I, I think, can't be sure. I don't mind who wins this one, because they're two great teams, great stories, and... Saracens fighting back and and doing it, and without a, 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 an awesome back rows worth of talent. Are they aging Saracens? though? that's my only thing. They well, are. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do have a shelf life on some of those talents, and, and they're missing um, some yeah. talent in the back row. McFarland, Vanapola, Christie. Mm, this, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not that bothered that Christie missing. I mean, Christie's a good player, um, but, it, but when you his significance when he gets Curry, Dupree, and Dan Dupree's John out. Ross. Oh, Dan Dupree's out. Dan Dupree's out, yeah. So, and Ben Curry and Dan Dupree are out. Yeah, so, yeah, so Ben Curry being lost is a... That's, he's out of the World Cup as well, isn't he? Yeah, that's really bad. Mm. Awful. So you've probably got... Okay, so it's likely to be maybe Jean-Luc Dupree at number eight. Yep, could well be. Or John Ross John Ross. But John Ross and Tom Curry flanks. Doug Dale could get... Doug Dale's a great shout. Yeah. So, like, you know, they're, they're going to be fine. They're going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. It's going to be a very, very good game. Very, very good game. Very physical game. I think it comes down to Ford Farrell. I, th- I really do. What's uh, Josh Beaumont said about it th- uh, this week? He said he's expecting a physical game. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well. Wow. That does surprise me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I think that Saracens will match him physically. And I, I suspect Saracens will have something planned for them out wide. I don't know why, but Saracens execute very, very well in those, uh, in those outside channels. A bit like they did against... Um, is it Leicester? They no, not Leicester. Northampton. Northampton. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and I don't think that Sale will deal with that particularly well. I think Sale have to win up. Sale if the, if Sale win, they'll bully Saracens up front. If Saracens get anywhere near parity up front, then they'll be fine because yeah. their backline are. Just I just can't see awesome. Sale. I can't see Sale being dominant enough. Hmm. Farrell, Tompkins, uh, Lazowski. Will he play thirteen or? Would have yeah. thought so, but the only um, D- is whether Daly comes back in. But I would have thought they'd have those two, and then it's I think Daly might come in onto the wing for Maitland because so you have Maitland, 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 good, good, yeah. That's tidy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Although Daly at fullback early in the season was just immense. He was amazing. Uh, it's what, good to see him back fit. What about uh, the URC final? Can Munster go to South Africa and come away with the win? I hope so. I mean, I never thought I'd be supporting an Irish province in the URC final but I am actually I like Munster um, I like what they stand for I, I particularly like the fact that they beat Leinster um, <laughs> although I love the South African teams I mean, at the moment you know, they're worth watching I, I can't believe I'm saying this URC is, rugby is worth watching for the South African teams because some of the squads that they have and some of the brutality that they bring to the game is glorious but so actually I could be describing Munster so I don't know. I think yeah. it's I think it's a tough ask um, for Munster to go, kind of not expecting to get through. Was, last weekend was really their final, um, and to then go away to the Stormers. So I, th- I think the Stormers are going to win relatively comfortably. I think but Munster will win. have a great party in Cape Town. I'm hoping Munster win. I'm hoping Munster win. I don't really care who wins. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the game. I think it'll be a good game. I, 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 I could be happy with either team winning. If Munster, not- if Munster lose, uh, Peter Armani will not be partying in Cape Town. <laughs> He'll sit there grumpy in the corner, desperate to get on the first flight home to go and tend to his lawn. <laughs> yeah, I think... Mm, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you're right, actually. I think Stormers... I think, I think Stormers will have just a bit too much up front. Right, um, contact eggchasers at gmail.com, uh, patreon.com slash eggchasers, and should we, should we do a Patreon pod? Yeah, I've got a fascinating story. It's quite juicy, this one, isn't it? It is a fascinating We're gonna story. We're going to keep it behind a paywall for our most trusted uh, <laughs> pat- patrons, who we know will be discreet 
and mature with the with the salaciousness of what we're going to share. Indeed. Um, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and let the boys play. Let the boys play. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.